Hey everyone, welcome back to the Ryan Nile Show. Hello, hello, hello. Hope you're doing well. Sorry it's been so long since bringing you a brand new episode. However, I do hope you understand that since lockdown, things have changed up a bit. As you know, I've expanded the show to Instagram Live. Yesterday was episode 71 um, and it's a daily chat show where we talk about the things that matter most with the people that matter most, which is you guys. So make sure you do join me on there, which is Instagram, ryan.nile.show. It's Monday to Friday at 9pm, so please do join there. I would love to see you there. Also, guys, I am hosting podcast coaching sessions for anyone that wants to get into podcasting. As you may or may not know, I produce this show along with a top 20 podcast called Techish and several others. I have a 20 year history in music production, producing for the likes of Tiny Temper, Delilah, Daily, Jesse J with remixes for Lana Del Rey, etc, etc. Uh, the sessions are two and a half hours and it literally goes from scratch to you putting out your first podcast it's more accessible than you think and if you want to know more you can book a 15 minute call with me Um, just go to calendly.com slash ryan nile slash pod pod but the link will be in the show notes in today's conversation i sit down with alex manzi Alex has been a guest on the show a few times, but not yet as a solo guest. So I'm really happy to have him on today to discuss his new book, The Search for Clarity. Alex Manzi is a podcaster, an inner peace coach, and now author of The Search for Clarity, A Journey to Understanding Happiness. I'm really happy to have him on today to discuss the seasons we have in our lives, looking inward and redefining happiness. This is especially important as we ease out of lockdown and into this new season of what has already been a crazy crazy year i really hope you enjoy this episode so please do review this episode and review this show on apple podcasts and spotify if you can subscribe and follow on spotify and youtube that's youtube.com slash ryan nile and alex's book the search for clarity uh, is out on july 24th and you can go and pre-order that right now on dreamersdisease.co.uk follow alex manzi on instagram that's i am alex manzi and yeah enjoy Enjoy the show show. let's go let's go alex manzi thank you so much for joining me today man no worries man thanks for having me always 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 a pleasure isn't it yeah it is it is and you know what you haven't actually been on my podcast as a solo yet on the ryan now show We, we, we had a conversation on for the creators my previous podcast um um, since then we've become friends and we've had lots of conversations yeah. in, in groups and stuff and um yeah man it's been absolutely brilliant but for the people that haven't heard uh who you are and a great person you are can you give a quick rundown of who alex manzi is yeah man i'm a human being first and foremost uh i'm a i'm a a bag of energy having a human experience shall we say um mm, I have a pod- <laughs> have a podcast called in the moment with alex manzi uh i'm a inner peace coach so i coach people on how to understand what it means to find more clarity and happiness in their life and i guess you could say i'm an author as well now <laughs> yes you are you're an author and this is what we're going to talk about specifically today so alex has a new book out called um, the search for clarity and um this was written um and created during during lockdown right yeah i mean written it would be cheating if i said that it would definitely okay. be cheating because a lot of the book has been it's been it's been pieced together through like writings that i've i've had elsewhere like blog posts like newsletters just random thoughts that i haven't released anywhere i've mm. just I, I pulled all of the 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 
writings I had together. I had like over 100 pieces of writing on my laptop. So I pulled them all together and then I picked out the ones that I think was going to work well in terms of what I wanted to get across with the message of the book. And yeah, some of it I had to like re-edit and reformat and some I had to like really flesh out a bit more. So I part part wrote it, let's say that, I part wrote it. Well, you you did part write it, but... Oh, you mean you part wrote it in lockdown? Yeah. But you did write the full thing. Yeah, the full thing's been written <laughs> it is all me, you're yeah. writing. But yeah. I, part wrote, I part wrote it during lockdown because I think I'd probably say 70% of it was already written. Maybe 60, 70% was already written before lockdown. Mm. Um, mm. And then I've just sort of pulled it together and I've had to obviously like format it, re-edit stuff, make it you know flow a little bit absolutely that's that's that's, um that's quite profound though even just that that you had already you know written 70 percent of it and you didn't really know (laughs) that you'd you'd write a book um or that that would go into a book do you know what i mean and that's that's a that's a life lesson in that sometimes uh the stuff that we've already done can help um something in the future that you that you want to do and you might already be doing the work 100 100 and that's the thing man like we have many conversations where i'm like we've got this bit of content you can make it into like other stuff and that's kind of the the mentality i took it because like originally because on on my podcast i do like interviews with guests and then i've got the in focus sessions which come out on a monday which are like short episodes uh like five to ten minutes where i'll talk about one specific topic and originally i wanted it to be a book just piece together of all of the in focus sessions because I sort of part script those. So I wanted to flesh them out and just put them in a place for people to, to download. It was going to be an ebook just to download and digest. But then as I started like looking around at like blog posts and newsletters and random bits of writing and all this stuff, I was like, actually, there's more to this than what I actually originally thought I had. So I was just like going through stuff and I was like, yeah, this is a cool piece. Let's keep that. This is a cool piece. Let's keep that. This is a cool bit. And yeah, it just sort of all, it all fell together. So it's, it works quite well as well because there's, there's, there's chapters and writings in the book where I was in a certain headspace when I wrote it, because it might've been like a year and a half ago versus stuff that's more towards the end of the book, which is more coming from the headspace Mm. I'm in now. So it's almost like worked out chronologically. It's quite, it's actually really weird how it's, how it's panned out and how it's kind of all fit together, but it works out really well. Absolutely. And because the, you know, the title is <clears throat> The Search for Clarity, it's almost like when you're going through the book, you are uh, discovering your, you know, your in- encountering of clarity through exactly. the book as well. Yeah, it's so, like my own, like, unpacking my own mind, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's mm-hmm. nice. So how, how has the, the writing of the book helped you find clarity? It's a good question that <laughs> like my so my my like I don't journal I used to journal I don't journal so much anymore I don't do like a lot of the kind of things that people will tell you to do like mm. to because I don't really believe so much in systems and processes and these five tips will help you find happiness or clarity yeah but yeah. I think you have to you have to understand what works for you and the processes which help you process your thinking in order to find the clarity and one of those things for me is is writing so like when I write a blog post for example I don't sit there and think okay what do I want to write about and then like structure it and write it I just think like okay cool this week I've been thinking a lot about confidence let me just Mm. sit and write and I'll just write what I've been feeling that week or a story that relates to how I've been feeling or something and I think I just, I just write what I'm thinking and how I, how almost how I speak as if I was having a conversation with someone or trying to explain it to someone in a conversation. 
and it just comes out on the paper. So that's like my own processing. And through that and through like trying to understand all of these different areas of my life and different parts of the way our mind works and what happiness is and what creates happiness and where does it come mm. from and what is clarity? Where does that come from? I've kind of just like figured it out myself, like a deeper process behind what works for me. There's a deeper process behind that because clarity and happiness is the same for all of us. Mm. We experience it the same way. My happiness isn't different to your happiness. Isn't different to the happiness of someone in Japan right now. It's happiness. It's clarity. Mm. So we experience that in different ways through our own personal experiences. Yes. But the experience of what happiness is, isn't any different to what you experienced, what I experienced to what someone else experienced to what she experiences next door or yeah. whatever. It's very true. That's very true. You know, because there's so many different things that can, or experiences or states that can bring you happiness. Mm. But like you said, happiness is the feeling that we can all associate with. Um, but different things make us happy. Exactly. How how linked is um, clarity, acceptance, and happiness? And and how have through through this book, through the stories that you tell, um, how have you found um, the the yeah, how interconnected that has all been? It's. I think like a lot of it is very much interconnected. Like there's a whole dynamic at play, which I kind of get to in the book. I haven't explained it in full because like that's going to, that will be a full other book mm. because I've got, I've since, you know, finished writing this, I've kind of come across like a real proper understanding of the, the deepness of it all and, and how it all works together and what that dynamic is. But mm. everything works together, man. Like there's no, there's like a whole chapter in the book about how pleasure is related to pain. Like they can't, they can't exist separately. They have to exist mm. together because they're part of the same coin. Like, pleasure and pain are literally two sides of a coin they, they coexist like one will not exist if the other one doesn't like you don't know what pain is if you don't know what the feeling of pleasure is so when you understand like the simple things like that how that works together how um things like your expectations relate to your happiness how like mm -hmm. all of these things they work as one big dynamic yes they can be seen as individual things but if you can really understand them as one picture as one moving part as one dynamic then you start to get a clearer picture of what happiness is about and what clarity is about. And that's kind of what the, my learnings through the book are in terms of when you read it, it takes you through those stages in how I began to connect to that, how I began to understand the dynamic. And uh, I kind of started piecing together the chapters and the writings, and I realized that they kind of all fit in different parts. So I've broken the book into four parts. So the first part is about understanding and that's understanding what is happiness, what is clarity. The second part is about the mind, understanding how the mind plays a role within our reality and our experience of what clarity and happiness is. And the third part is about self-love and why that's so important. And then the fourth part is about freedom and living within that freedom to experience more clarity, to live with more clarity, to experience more happiness, to, to live with more happiness. It's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. And I love the way the, like you said, the, the way the book is written. It's very conversational. It's very easy to to digest, especially for someone that, like me who <laughs> finds it hard to read uh, a yeah. lot of a lot of text. So, yeah, no, it's really it's really easily accessible. Um, so you, you mentioned about expectations mm -hmm. and, and happiness. And this is something that I mean, we I know we've spoken about privately a lot um, and I ask people 
where where does expectation lead to happiness because more more often it leads to disappointment because mm. a lot of expectations aren't met are they um you can have high expectations of yourself high expectations of others expectations in your life um you know you wrote in a book about uh, settling down having mm. kids and buying a house by 30 which it is like an unconscious uh contract that we all buy into for some reason mm. And then, you know, you expect that without testing the assumptions. And some people do do that and that's fine. But there's, uh, like you said, there's two sides to the coin. So I, I would say there's an equal or more um, amount of people that experience that disappointment of not reaching that. And, you know, you there's there's a story in a book about your friend who, um, who came over from Italy mm-hmm. and had, you know, he put so much energy and... Um, uh, and and everything into his business in Italy um, as a journalist and wanted to come over here to um, become a marketing manager in in music mm-hmm. and ultimately the expectations weren't met but he found happiness. Can you can you just um, yeah tell the audience just a bit about that story and, and why it's so important to sometimes go outward to go inward and find that happiness. Yeah, so so I get I, like the whole the whole point of the book is that happiness is a, always a lot closer to home than what you think, and mm. the the expectations versus happiness thing is about understanding that yes, okay, expectations aren't necessarily a bad thing. I'm not saying that, but when you place your happiness in the outcome of those expectations, then you're just setting yourself up for disappointment, for frustration, for sadness, for anger to feel unhappy. So if I expect someone to be a certain way or to do something or for a certain situation to pan out a certain way, and I think when I reach that level, that expectation, I'm going to be happy, the longer that doesn't happen or when that doesn't happen, you're just going to feel the opposite. Because again, happy to, to the traditional use of the way we understand it, the flip side of that is sadness, is, is being unhappy. So they exist, they exist together. So if you're pushing harder for the expectations to make you feel happy, the more that they don't reach the expectations you've set, the more unhappy you're going to feel. And with, with um, my friend's stories in the book, I've called him M. So we'll, we'll call him that here. Um, with M's story, he, yeah, he, he had this amazing um, website in, in Italy where he was kind of talking about the state of um, unemployment and work and jobs and stuff in Italy because it's really bad. This is even pre-corona. This is like two years ago. And he set up the website many years before that. And he became like a famous journalist in in Italy for, for, for being known for being this person who's like for the people, like about this, about that. And he was like, you know, sometimes you walk down the street, you'd get recognized. Like he was, you know, he was quite well known. But he realized he was miserable. He, he realized he'd worked so hard on something that he was very passionate about, yes, but he was miserable in what he was doing because he didn't like the life he was living and the person he'd become through that. Right. So he, he sold up his website and he decided he wanted to get into the music industry and come to the UK because he spent some time studying here previously. And um, he spent a few months studying, like, you know, the whole music industry, who's who, what's what, came over. And he realized quite quickly that, a, it's very hard to get a role in the music industry when you don't know anyone or have any experience or, you know, there's a lot of things that need to kind of click. 
Yes. And B, that it's a very messy industry and it's not necessarily the holy grail that everyone thinks it is, right? <laughs> As we both know. <laughs> so he then he then kind of without giving the whole the whole story away, he then got a job uh, working part time in, in a coffee shop. And um because he did that, because he slowed down, because he stopped putting expectation on what he wanted this job and this music industry world to be like, and he just focused on himself. He started to then find happiness in how he was living. Yes, he was working part-time in a coffee shop. Yes, that might seem like a big fall from grace from having this really popular popping website and being a famous journalist in Italy, but mm. he was more happy. So then it, the question comes into play of like, then why do we, we grow up teaching people that you have to do well in school? You have to get a degree. You have to get X job. You have to be uh married you have to be own a house by this age you have to have kids by this age because yes okay that all sounds great on paper but if you're miserable doing it what's the point right do you know what i mean it's it's it doesn't it doesn't bring any value to your life other than status so mm. what's the point of it if it if you're just going to be unhappy doing it surely you should focus inwards on what your happiness is and understanding that and then you can work outwards from there. So like my friend now, he's he's um, since finishing that chapter, he's um, started like his journey of um, teaching bass and, and, and playing his bass guitar again. And he's just gone on this different journey that he would never have expected. Like his passion's always been his bass and his music, mm. so, which is why he wanted to get in the music industry. So now he's focusing on himself. He's kind of building up a brand and he's starting to teach bass and he's like just doing something that he would never have expected to do because he thought that you needed a good job in the music industry to, to, do you know what I mean? To be respected, to be happy, to all these things. So the expectation of it. Yeah, exactly. It's um, so incredible that, you know, hearing that journey of even moving to another country and to, to test those assumptions and to, you know, have that, fall from grace because that's what it is at the time for for anyone that's gone through that when you know you're you've made a big move and you've kind of you've left a uh you know a past behind and you know and then it's like oh now i have to work part-time in a in a a cafe and that's the thing is that's completely fine and what people realize is when they do it it's fine and it's like oh wow i actually prefer the person i am Mm. when i am in this situation and and now look at the thoughts that I'm having. Now I can reconnect with playing bass guitar. I can reconnect with what actually makes me happy. Exactly. And it's just um, it's just so crazy how you know we all we all fall into that pattern of um, you know all these externalities. It's it's like uh, are you familiar with the parable of the man and the the fish? Uh, no, I probably remind me, remind me. Yeah, right. So I'm gonna paraphrase and probably mess this up, but um a banker goes to like let's say the caribbean or some something like that and he finds a fisherman who's you know got her a house on the on the beach side and he's just does his fishing every day catches the fish and um he says oh you know you know you could like get all of these fish and then you could sell them to the market and then build a big business and and then you know get all this money and so then essentially you can get other people to do the fishing so then one day you can sit back relax on the beach and fish in the house and fish yeah, oh, yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like you don't need to do it i'm already doing it yeah you know yeah. so like you said in terms of um a lot of the happiness that you find is is here and it's it's 
it's in that in that moment and it's clouded a lot of the time and what I find amazing is um because I know of your journey and you kind of touch on it in the book um you know having gone through bouts of depression and things like that mm-hmm. and going through this journey um over the past few years with your podcast with writing with connecting and becoming an inner peace coach um it's it's that it's that journey of kind of taking off all of these all of that armor mm. and all of these expectations and stuff to find out that oh wow it was here all along mm-hmm. you know and to ex- to accept that um how is that i mean does that sound accurate um what i'm saying to you? yeah for sure man and i think you know a big part of of the setup of the book at the beginning is i i tell a bit about my st- i mean there's a lot of my story throughout the book so yeah. I, 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 you know, share in the introduction, like I spent a lot of my years very unhappy with life, you know, depressed, probably it's, it's really hard to put a finger on the exact ages. Yeah. Um, I always say it's from about 17, 18 to about 25, but I think it could be longer than that. Cause I was talking to my parents about it yesterday and my mom, my bless my mom, she said something really funny. She was like, I never knew that you, you had depression. I just thought, you know, you were a bit lazy. That's all. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I used to like yeah. mope around the house when I was a teenager. That's how it appears, doesn't it? Yeah, so it's probably before yeah. that. So it's probably longer. But I, you know, I say it's like at least eight years, right? Um, which are quite like you know big, important years in your life because it's when you start to get a bit of, uh, you start to be more of an individual. You can start going out by yourself. You can drive. You get jobs. You're, you know, so mm. they're quite they're quite important formative years, like in in your the early early part of your later life, if that makes sense. So. I spent a lot of time in, that, in in those years being unhappy. And I think my journey since then has been about how I've kind of come through that and what I've learned to get to the space that I'm in now. And just trying to relay that and share that for people to show people A, that it's possible because A, I done it and I'm not anyone or anything special, just a guy. Um, and B, that, you know, I was looking at life the, the wrong way around. I was looking at life from the external world to trying to bring me good feelings, happiness and everything mm. else when actually all of that comes internally. And when you find that for yourself internally and project it outwards, your life is a completely different life. Like, you know, going back to the expectation thing and the way society set with structures, you know, as a, as a beginning in the book, like I didn't have a job. I'm 32. I'm single. I'm living at home with my parents because of Corona. Um, like all of these things here, you would say, Right, that guy sounds like a bum. If you put that down on paper, if you if you went on a dating website and you said (laughs) first single, live at home with my parents, no job, no one's going to be matching you. No, of course. Am I am I happy? Yeah, I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. So what's more important that I look great on the outside to other people, or that I'm happy in what I do? And you know, obviously, don't get me wrong. I do. I've got the podcast. I do my coaching. I've got all that. So the unemployment thing is a bit of a you know, in theory. Yeah, yeah, right. But like the the point of it is, is like how your life looks on paper to other people doesn't equal the happiness and and all of the positive feelings that you feel for yourself. That that has to come from the internal world, which is why the self-love chapter is so important because it's about learning Mm. about that relationship with with yourself and why that's so important. Like I had a conversation uh, with a friend of mine recently and I just... We were talking to her, I can't remember, she, she said something that sounded really off. And I said, do you value yourself? Like, do you mm-hmm. like really value yourself as a person? And she just looked at me and she went, uh, no, I don't think I do. And I said, why not? Oh, wow. 
And I was like, she was like, I, I just don't. I've kind of been taught through bad relationships and the way her family is or whatever that just that I'm not of value. That's just how I've become to believe myself. And I was like, well, do you understand why that's so important to value yourself? She's like, no, I don't understand why it is. I was like, and then I went off on like this whole rant at her, like, well, if you don't love yourself, like how can anyone love you? If you don't know what love is for yourself, how can you know that you're going to feel it for other people or for other things? Yeah. Like you have to bring that value for yourself and that belief and that confidence in into your world so that you can experience everything the way you want to experience it. And it's just like, we don't realize necessarily that that relationship we have for ourselves is the most important relationship we're ever going to have because A, it's the longest relationship you're ever going to have and B, mm -hmm. it frames and shapes the way you experience everything else. So true. It's so true. Um, and that's that's how you view life, you know. Um, it is the longest experience and, and relationship you're going to have and you can't you can't pour from an empty cup. Exactly. That's what I always tell people. Like you, as selfish as it sounds, you have to look after yourself first and you have to value yourself because a lot of people that don't value themselves and that don't um, have that self-love tend to put all that love into other people yeah. and like to see other people happy like they will say oh I get my happiness from seeing other people happy mm. and that while it sounds noble is it, it leads to burnout it leads to destruction ultimately because you're not valuing yourself you're not treating others you're not treating yourself as you treat others you know and you do need mm -hmm. to treat yourself as you treat others as you would expect others to treat you you know so it's so it's so important um the acceptance and the um the self-love uh, one thing i want to um fill in the gap for is so you've you've written this book and uh, so you, you came from depression, but what books and what resources actually helped mm. and informed your inner peace? Oh man, so so many things. Like I'm the kind of person where it's like I can't I can't have one belief, like one mm. idea, one concept, or follow one religion or one cult or whatever. <laughs> like I have to take things from from everything because I believe there's learnings in everything, right? Yeah. And then you 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 understand the learnings that kind of work for you or make sense for you um, and the rest of it. But I mean, in terms of like that journey, there's been so many books along the way that have kind of really, and podcasts that have really opened my mind up to just different perspectives and different ways of thinking. And I think when you, when you look beyond the kind of material world, the kind of external world, the, the structures that are in place in society, the way that we live our lives, um, you start to see beyond that. And I think when you start to look beyond that, you start to discover more. <laughs> and then when you start mm. to discover more, you discover that there's an endless amount of learning and growth that you can experience. And I think, you know, just to relate to, to the situation we've been in over the last couple of months, it's like yeah. we've seen a slowing down of life, like mm. a real slowing down of life. And because we've seen that, a lot of people have been faced up with this this time and this space with themselves and for themselves and not knowing how to what to do because a lot of emotions a lot of feelings are coming up for them and a lot of these feelings are coming up because normally if they feel like a bit anxious or a bit nervous or a bit they'll go out to the pub or they'll go and distract themselves doing something else where a lot of those distractions have been taken away from us so we've been faced with having to face up to the way we feel about ourselves and with ourselves and within our own space and I think that's a space to really learn because 
again, it ties down to the relationship with yourself. So to kind of answer the question about <laughs> the resources, <laughs> the, um, the books, if I look at my bookshelf, the books that really have, I mean, there's loads, the ones that I always refer to back to really that have, have kind of had the biggest impact in terms of like looking in beyond society as we know it in terms of the western mm. world like looking at like eastern mysticism for example looking at just a, um a perspective of opening yourself up to what's out there in the world in the universe a bit of a kind of spiritual approach as it were a books like um a new earth by Eckhart Tolle um mm. Krishnamurti's a Indian um spiritual teacher or leader whatever you want to call him philosopher whatever He's got some amazing books. Um, one is Total Freedom, Freedom from the Known. They're two really great books of his. Um, then you've got like, uh, let's have a look. You've got other books like The Alchemist, which teach you that more spiritual interconnected message through, mm-hmm. you know, fictional stories. Similar books. Book. To, yeah, similar books <laughs> to that are The Celestine Prophecy. Have you read that? I have, yeah. yeah. Um, and The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. They're very similar. Yes in that yeah. they, they're narratives that tell a deeper story. Um, mm. And then just other things, man, like one of the most powerful books that impacted my life was Miracle Morning mm. by Hal Elrod, because it teaches you and shows you why it's so important to spend time on yourself in the morning and how that sets Absolutely. you up for the rest of your day. And, you know, as you know, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. It sets you up for the That's rest it. of your life because you approach That's your it. morning in a positive way. So, you know, <clears> there's, there's loads of different, places that i've taken learnings from um but i think they're probably the ones even like um tim ferris's tools of titans is an amazing book because it's just yes. like all of the best nuggets from like all of his best podcast episodes so yeah, you're just yeah, getting like all of the best stuff <laughs> yeah it's literally yeah. it's like you want to know about nutrition just go to the nutrition section you want to know about uh foot health randomly you go to the <laughs> section about foot like there's just everything like it's, it's insane yeah. So yeah, it's, it's books like that are amazing, man. Absolutely, absolutely. And the reason I wanted to um, to touch on that is because when you're going from um, you know one state, i.e., like depression and, and stuff like that, one you might not even know you're in that state, um, mm. and two you're going to be if you want to change, you're going to go through a period or a journey of unlearning and learning new things. And you know all the books that you've just listed off, it's not like you sat there in one week and just read one after the other do you know what i mean yeah. like there's a process of discovery here there's a process of people saying oh have you heard this like oh you're reading that have you heard have you read this do you know what i mean and this is very much linked to your book search of clarity where it's i think for people that are just starting out on the journey mm-hmm. of of this i think this book is perfect for that because it's very easily digestible um you know it's quite high level the the, the points like you said you, you know there's there you can go deeper on a lot of them and i think it's it's a good way for people to um to real to re- even even if they're already on that journey like even like when, when, when i've read it it's like oh this is a good reminder mm, this is a yeah. really good reminder yeah. because especially with like the last four months um you know being in lockdown being in a global pandemic as you said it's made people look well it's forced people to look inwards Inwards, and this i reckon this is a good way to kind of collaborate not collaborate calibrate (laughs) calibrate yourself and really uh consciously look into your your processes and your mind body soul and the interconnectedness and taking a moment to 
to accept and think, okay, where do I want to go from here? And also, mm. how can I be present and understand that the happiness that I'm maybe looking for elsewhere is actually is actually here and it's actually um, through the, the, the journey of um, wherever I want to go. You know, it's, this, it's, the actual, it's the actual journey. So, well, thank you for that because that was a great reminder because um, as you know, <laughs> lockdown has kind of affected everyone differently, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so for me personally, pre-lockdown, was very um, routine based, um, and it it was amazing. Like my routine really, really helped. And then lockdown kind of threw that all um, to the wind. So I've had to kind of find some sort of stability um, with all new all these new things that I've added into my life and things like that. It's just been crazy the last four months. Um, but question: How? How was how have you found balance in the last four months as well? Um, it's a great question. I think what what comes up for me is just being present. I think when you're present and like truly present, I I don't mean like being present in inverted commas. Yeah, like yeah. when you're truly yeah. present, there's balance because mm. that's mm. what being present means, right? <laughs> when you are truly present, there is balance. Wow. Because that's what it is there's there's a balance of everything you're truly with every feeling with with every emotion with everything mm. else around you you're connected to everything you're connected to yourself and that brings balance it's like the the, the yin yang logo is the perfect depiction of balance you've got the black mm. side the white side but then you've got the black within the white and the white within the black the good eye right. the good within the bad the bad within the good right That's balance so mm. I think for me during during lockdown, I think but the the key to to being balanced has been being present rather than and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying like I live every day on cloud nine and I float around like the Dalai Lama or whatever. <laughs> like I'm not the grand Buddha, but like I've had days where I wake up and I've got like really bad anxiety because I've got I know that I've got loads of things to do and in many ways mm. trying to self publish and put out a book <laughs> is like the worst thing for me because it just adds more stuff for me to do, which right gives exactly. me more things to worry about, which gives me more things to overthink about, which gives me more anxiety, which, you know, all this stuff. But when you, when you approach it from a space of, of clarity, being present, i.e. with balance, you, you, you learn to just attack things in that day, in that moment. Like I don't need mm. to worry about what's going to happen on the 24th of July when the book comes out, because we're not there yet. I just need to worry yes. about what, what's going to happen today and what I can do now in this space, you know, to, to, to do that. And that might be, okay, can I get the products put on the store on my website? Can I, you know, do a podcast interview or something, whatever it is, you know, mm. like if I come at it from that approach, from, from a really present mindful approach, then yeah, it, it does. It, it makes things a lot easier. And I think lockdown has allowed me more space to, address that balance and address that feeling of being present like there's been days where i just have not been able to focus on anything and i think do you know what i'm not going to do any work this afternoon i'm gonna go out for a walk i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna sit in the garden and i'm gonna read my book yeah that is that is listening to yourself mm-hmm. and the balance within that is understanding what you're feeling and when you understand what you're feeling you know how to act on that to you know bring the balance back to the right level so to speak you know 
It's so true and it's so um, profound. Like those moments where you can expect to, you know, write a to-do list and today I've got to complete six tasks and then you get to the afternoon and your body's telling you, nah, you need to chill out. You need to go for a walk or you need to like, and ultimately if you're present, you know, you bring it, you take away the expectation, go back to the, the present and listen to what your body's telling you. Um, you'll you'll mi- most likely find that your the quality of your work and the quality of those tasks that you were going to do were are going to be a lot better. Mm. I've definitely been finding that where I've added, you know, a lot of new things in my life. Like I started a live show on Instagram. I know you you did uh, have done at least a hundred days of meditation in a mm-hmm. row on Instagram live as well. Um, you know, you do all these things, and there's an element of um, public accountability with it because you're not just doing it in private okay. and um th- it, i mean it's an amazing addition to your life however there's there is a pit in your mind where you're like the day before you're like oh shit i've got to do this and then this whole yeah, i've yeah. got to do this and, oh, and then i've got to do this and there's this whole overthinking that comes into the mind that starts to really overwhelm and mm. even with even with like i've started doing a coaching podcast co- coaching course and the day before i do it i'm like oh crap I hope I come across well I hope you know they understand it I really hope they get value from it that's the that's the main thing um, and I go through everything that I need to to do and write up how can I make it better and I just start stressing myself out and then on the day when I'm in action on it hmm. I'm fine because it's exactly. I'm not overthinking and that's it's like it takes away the the anxiety of it um exactly but also it's and, like you know what if you if you approach anything like that coming from a a, a, a place of stress and a place of anxiety and a place of overthinking, you're just bringing that energy with you to the thing. Mm. So I find that I operate best in coaching sessions, in podcasts, in whatever. If I just show up, I just show up and just give my attention and be present with that conversation. You know, like sometimes I might sit down and write X amount of notes for a podcast guest thinking like, yeah, it'd be great to talk about that. We don't get anywhere near that subject because we start talking about something else. That's right. And I'm just being present with that conversation. And it turns out to be a really great episode. So I think sometimes it's, yes, the worry is, is, is good in in a, in a way because it shows that you care. But I think when you carry that worry with you and those thoughts and those feelings with you, you just bring it into that space. Whereas if you just show up in a space with a sense of, of, of a, like a fresh mind, you know, bringing that balance that we spoke about that clarity with Mm -hmm. you, you can just be present with, that thing be it making your dinner be it having a conversation be it recording a podcast be it you know whatever doing your washing whatever it is that you can just be present with that thing it's like you know Mm. if if you've got a massive to-do list to do and randomly your friend turns up at your house if you're not just gonna be present with them there's no point in them being there Mm. but Mm. also at the same time if you are going to be present with them don't worry about your to-do list (laughs) yeah that's it that's it exactly and just as a being, you know, when you're when you're present and, and you kind of um, that exactly what you're saying, you 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 become a clearer version of yourself. Does that make any sense? Like mm-hmm. you found that that clarity, and that's really I love the way you've put that. Like in terms of like doing, um, you know, just bringing yourself uh, and bringing your your best your best self is the one who's not stressed, who's just showing mm-hmm. up and doing your best you know mm. being attentive also your best self is yourself now yeah 
yeah yeah yeah <laughs> and it always will be it's like you know like for me yeah i've got some things to do after this yeah i was doing some things before it but i think a really great a great question to ask yourself in any moment to address whether you're being present is like what's important right now and mm. what's important to me right now is this conversation we're having because it's my main focus and my main attention right now in mm. in two hours time it might be something else yeah, i think that's a really yeah. great reminder on, on whether you're being present is like what's what's important to me right now i.e what's in front of me right now mm. yes yes and that's that's like a form of meditation as well mm -hmm. like a dead, if you can keep on asking yourself what is important to me right now and it's literally it's like it brings it to that moment right what's in front of me right now yeah. and that takes out that narrative which is really powerful um i wanted to ask you a bit about travel and mm -hmm. its relation to the last four months where we've not been able to yeah, do anything yeah. because um uh i know you've got you found a lot of clarity by traveling and i know when i have as well just by way of not being in your normal routine it, it, i don't know it's like having a bird's eye view of your life i, I love being in planes mm. It, it sends my, my mind elsewhere I've really creative and stuff. So how have you found, because I know just before lockdown, you was on uh, a trip through South America. Mm -hmm. um, how have you found not being able to travel? and Have you found any nuggets from not being able to do that? Mm. Um, it's funny because I was, I was, when I came back from South America, the end, beginning of March, it was like the first of second of March or something. I was supposed to stay in London for a month and then go traveling again until pretty much this weekend. Mm. Um, so I, in theory, I wasn't, I'm not, wasn't supposed to be here doing all of this over this space of lockdown. And I knew that I was supposed to be away, but again, you know, relating back to the expectation and happiness thing, when you don't place all of the expectation and that thing being the thing that makes you happy, you become more adaptable yeah. and more dynamic to change. So when things change, yeah, I was upset for like a day. I just got on with it. And what I love about traveling is that like you said, it does take you out of your day-to-day -day life. And when you're traveling, you tend to be in more of a space of that feeling of clarity and that happiness, because all that's happened is, is you've removed all of the external things, which you think are the things that make you stressed <laughs> and the things that you think so about. So much sense. <laughs> your, your expectations and your attachments and your, your feelings towards them have been removed because they're not in front of you. And you know that you don't have to, worry about them so when you're traveling you you work with that you you're coming from that natural space of clarity anyway and you're experiencing the world that is right in front of you the most important thing if you're lying on the beach you're like what's important to me right now is the fact that i am lying on the beach in the sun that's right you yeah, know what i mean you're right. not you don't have your to-do list so i think the important thing that i've learned through not being traveling now is how do you bring that into your day-to-day -day life when you do have the to-do mm. list when you do have all of these external things that we perceive to be things that affect us. But when you actually begin to clock that, it's your thinking within any moment that creates the reality that you live. So I can, I can have a to-do list and I can think about it one way. You can have a to-do list and you can think about it another way. I could be really calm and present and you could be really anxious and stressed about it so mm -hmm. it's not the to-do list within itself 
that is creating that stress. It's your yeah. personal approach and your thinking around what the to-do list represents that creates yeah. those feelings within you. Another yeah. silly example, which is in the book, is um, uh, going to a football match. We could go to the same football match. Okay, let's let's mm. use like uh, an Arsenal game. We could go to an Arsenal game. Yep. Arsenal could play <laughs> terrible and they could lose, yeah. say, 1-0. Walking away from that game, I could walk out of the stadium being like, yeah, that wasn't so bad. I think we played all right. We were a bit unlucky, whatever. It was mm. cool. Like, I could see that we played, you know, whatever. And you could be like, no, it was rubbish, man. Like, that was terrible. Like, mm. like, I'm really annoyed. I'm really pissed off. And I could be like, no, nah, I'm quite chill. I'm quite happy with how we played. So it tells mm. me that it's not the external factor, which is the, the game, the match, the experience of the match that has created our feelings. It's the way that we've internalized those feelings and the thinking that we bring to that ourselves that has created the external, you know, um, response to that. Completely, man, completely. And even like, even beyond that, like the actual experience of the, the, of the day of even going to a match that the actual experience of being in a stadium and, and all of that, there are things that you could, regardless of the result, you know, you can be, you could be happy and grateful Mm -hmm. for, you know, so it, I completely agree. It's about the person you and the thinking you bring to a to-do list. And also, when you think about it, it's not even a to-do list. Like, if you're on holiday and you have a to-do list, that exactly. to-do list is exciting you, right? Exactly. You're like, oh my God, we're going to do this and then we're going to do that and then exactly. we're going to do this. It's, it's, the, it's what you're bringing, it's the thinking you're bringing to it. And I think that's, that's yeah, that's just amazing uh, the way you've kind of flipped that around. Because, yeah, you've had to. Uh, you know, you, you were planning to travel the last four months and, and haven't been able to. Um, but through that, have found even more clarity. And that's, yeah, it makes so much sense. It makes mm. so much and sense. I think, you know, going back to the point of like, how do you, you know, how do you bring that clarity that you have on happiness into your day-to-day life when you do have external to-do lists and stresses and worries at work and bills to pay and blah, blah, mm. blah, blah, blah. Again, I think looking at the last three, four months of our lives, I think you you'll see that if that stuff all falls away and some some people the stress of work and getting paid might have increased the stress of whatever might have increased but also some stuff might have decreased does life still go on yes will life always go on yes uh, will there be moments where you feel stressed and anxious yes is it a problem no um and I think that's the biggest learning is like any state of, of, of thinking that you have is temporary. So the mm. question is, what if you had a, a to-do list that was stressing you out? What if you dropped the idea of feeling stressed about the to-do list? Then how mm. would you approach it? You'd just do mm. it. You'd just get on with it. <laughs> mm. it's so, so again, true. it's and thinking that you bring to the space. Definitely, definitely. And also how, how you think differently when you're in action as opposed to right before it. So your thinking is different when you look at a to-do list as opposed to when you're actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Like I was talking about with preparing for different things. When I'm doing it, I'm completely fine. But sometimes before it just gets a bit overwhelming. So that personally has been an amazing uh, thing that's just gone off in my in my head. So thanks for that. <laughs> no worries. What you just said about life goes on, it reminds me of a, a quote that my mum had written. I went to see my parents yesterday. Um, and the flowers still bloom. Mm. And it's just there. It's just like dot dot dot, and the flowers still bloom. So yeah. no, what no matter what's happening in your life, life moves on, and the flowers still bloom. And it's about just you know 
taking moments, taking mm. moments and, and understanding that um, how you're feeling now and the, the thoughts and feelings that are going through your head and external factors and stuff, it can be a lot. But you can, it, you know, things move on and yeah. so can you. And I think th- uh, there's, there's something that I kind of, uh, I don't know how I'm going to explain it because I kind of just re- like came to this realisation this morning. So mm. like last last autumn, so like September-ish time, I became really obsessed with autumn and like mm. what, and what it represents. Yes. I remember, I remember we, we had conversations about, about yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah. Because like you look around, right? And the trees are full of decay. They're full of, they're dying. The leaves are going brown. They're falling on the ground. It could be rainy, whatever. But if you actually look at the trees when they're in full like autumnal color, like the browns, the golds, the reds, some are still green. Like it's beautiful, beautiful. to look at. Yeah, it's beautiful. beautiful. It's probably the most beautiful season because there's just such a, an array of colors everywhere. Instead of it just being all green, there's like mm. all sorts of shades of browns and golds. And mm. it's, it's beautiful to look at. And that in theory is, is um, the trees dying and decaying to then go into winter when they're fully kind of the leaves are dead to then mm. be reborn again in spring. So mm. it's just a period of transition within the life right. of the tree. Does the tree's life continue beyond that? Yes. Does it mean that the the tree is dying and it's going to not, you know, live the rest of its life? No. So why don't we approach transitions within our lives in the same way and seeing them as something of beauty instead of being worried about them? Because I'm sure a tree's not worried about its its leaves falling off and it being there naked for the next three months because mm. it's going to bloom again, because it's cyclical. Mm. And I think life life becomes really cyclical. And the thing that I realized this morning, again, I don't know how I'm going to articulate this because I kind of came to this realization because I was having a very deep discussion about horoscopes on the yeah. weekend with my uncle because my uncle's very much into his psychology and can be a bit like, uh, I don't know if pragmatic is the right word, but like realistic or whatever. And mm-hmm. he was like, he, he's like, don't really believe in horoscopes because how can, how can uh, you say that a, a person's horoscope can define particular um characteristics and i was like i get that but before that we were talking about consciousness and and what's beyond consciousness and how that affects everything that we do and we live so i said well what if the nine months that you're in the womb we're connected already to this consciousness because we're we're living within it as part as Mm. a tiny embryo right and we grow into babies throughout that nine months within that period you're surrounded by liquid that Mm. liquid is also connected to the wider consciousness of the world hence you know the moon for example or whatever is i think it's the moon that creates the tides and this is it controls the sea levels that's right yeah stuff yeah yeah, that's that's also going to be affecting how we are surrounded and what's happening to us within the womb so within that nine month window we are experiencing a connectivity to the universe that we is for it, it, it whilst we're forming as people as humans so how does that relate to certain characteristics and certain traits well what if those periods of nine months that those periods of the moon cycles created certain changes within us that we don't really mm. understand because mm. again we don't <laughs> so p- perhaps it's not necessarily the horoscope and what happens in the womb that creates defining characteristics of a person 
It's how our person and our energy interacts with the connective, connectiveness of the universe within that period and cycles of the moon. Wow. I don't know if that makes any <laughs> sense, but this is what I was trying to like it think does to of me. this morning. It does to me. No, no, I love that thought. I've loved that thought. I've never thought of it that way. And with all of these things, like with, you know, what people call like woo-woo or whatever, I just think it's science we don't understand yet. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, in terms of uh, well, okay, seasons. Before, before oh, go on. we move on, just on that, on science, yeah. all science is, is trying to explain the unexplained. Yeah, and yeah. all mysticism is is believing and trusting in the unexplained. But they're, they're doing the same thing. They're just going about doing it different ways. So absolutely, absolutely. No, I love that. I love that. I love what you said about seasons. And it was funny because I think we both um, we both arrived at that conclusion at the same time. Because I I remember I was talking about it and um, I put something up on my Instagram, uh, just a, just a photo of a tree and like the leaves and stuff saying that autumn is proof that death can be beautiful mm. and this is exactly what you were saying about um you know trusting in those transition periods like the tree's not worried about being naked for the next three months i think that is so <laughs> bang on <laughs> because it's gonna bloom yeah. and the thing is like people listening to this now you know you could say this global pandemic um you know this global uh racism <laughs> pandemic as well uh the things that have happened over the past few months can feel like yeah, all of these leaves are dropping now. We're, we're all we're all naked, but through this, like trust it, trust the the this transition, trust looking inward and asking yourself these questions. Trust mm. books like um, Search for Clarity. Like ask the questions, read read things. Like be curious because you're gonna bloom. You're gonna bloom out of this period yeah. into something else. We're in a new chapter as humans as society anyway and yeah it's just absolutely the the right time mm-hmm. to to do that and to yeah to trust the transition trust yeah. the transition man and do you know what i've just clocked i've just clocked that this is mad this is actually so mad i've literally just clocked this i've clocked just now during this conversation that the book is written in seasons it's ri- i'm thinking i'm yeah. literally thinking about it right <laughs> So this is mad. And I'm even like, so part one is about understanding that would be autumn, right? Because mm. like even looking at some of the titles, break yourself down to build yourself up. Your struggles yep. don't define you. Bouncing back, rebuilding confidence, shake up your life. Autumn, right? Then you go nice. into winter when you're kind of naked and you're just, you're being with yourself. That's part two, the mind. So things like pleasure versus pain, self-awareness, thoughts versus reality and then you go into spring which is self-love and learning to kind of bloom again the Mm. journey of growth learning to love yourself uh alone time and then part four would be summer which is freedom the freedom of life live your truth (laughs) stillness like it's mad does that mean that when you get to summer that autumn's not going to come back around again of course not like it probably will and Mm. that is sick and i've literally just clocked that and i'm so happy (laughs) I'm happy as well, man. Like that is so perfect. How perfect is that? That is mad. You didn't even realize it. No, no. It was literally, <laughs> as we were talking about there, I was like, yeah, it just clocked. I was like, what? That is mm, mad. Mm. That is mad. And you know what's crazy is that, like you said, once you reach that summer and you reach that freedom and stuff, it's not like autumn and winter aren't going to come back around again. And you know, I'm experiencing that that now. Like my the the last year is completely di- 
different. Like where I am now is completely different to where I was last year. But mm. and I've grown in so many different ways. However, um, the same. You still need to ask yourself the same questions. You still need to go through this process again and again because life is in is in seasons and they're in like long seasons in your life. But there's also like these mini seasons of constant regrowth and uh, re-questioning because we add so many different elements into our life that we haven't before and you know there's there's things that come up for you that you might have to deal with over and over and over again um so yeah man absolutely brilliant um why should why should people read this book right now (laughs) right now uh because it will it will help you to understand not only yourself but the way you live your life um it'll help you unpack your own mind and it will help you to kind of like we said find that clarity and happiness for yourself and, and how to, to live from that space rather than, you know, living from the external world inwards, living from the internal world outwards. Mm, absolutely beautiful, man. So where can people grab the the book? So the book is going to be out on 24th of July. Um, pre-orders from the f- 14th of July. Um, it will be available across Europe on Amazon. So that will be the Kindle version uh, audible version and the physical copies um otherwise the best place to go is to my website the dreamersdisease.co.uk go to the store and there will be a few extra options like um a book with a personal message um and other stuff like that so nice yeah head over there grab it all um and that's it beautiful beautiful so, so guys listening make sure you're starting your next season right <laughs> make sure you pick up this book um honestly it's really easy easily accessible um and i think it will trigger off the right set of thoughts and questions in your mind and um, make sure you follow alex manzi on twitter and instagram um what's what's the best one for you actually instagram Almost. i am alex manzi yeah that's where i hang yeah. out the most me too me too <laughs> so i am alex manzi on instagram the book is up for pre- well we will be up for pre-order on the dreamersdisease.co.uk so make sure you check that out and google that um i'm sure all the links will be on alex's for sure. profile but i'll also stick them in the show notes on this episode uh, make sure you check out alex's podcast it's incredible it's uh in the moment with alex manzi and has surpassed 250,000 downloads recently yeah, man. as well yeah man which is Sorry. incredible congrats yeah. to you bro thank you man thank you it's, yeah crazy it's crazy like it's crazy yeah it just feels mad it's just mm. sometimes it's hard to digest on how big a number that is because it's easy to to get caught up in yeah but I want to be at a million or I want to be at of course half a million do you know what I mean but it's like yeah. that's a big number man this is the thing man you've got to celebrate your wins you've got to celebrate exactly. your wins as as and when they happen and this is what the whole message about the book is so yes thank you so much alex for being here thanks for spending your time with me today um and hope to have you back soon hopefully man hopefully hopefully thank you for having me man you know always it's always great to sit and chat but it always means a lot to kind of come on here and chop it up and put it in uh into the history books as it were exactly absolutely man thank you thank you brother remember you can watch the full episode on youtube.com slash ryan now please subscribe and comment most importantly please share i'd love to hear from you and i want to know how to make the show better for you how to reach you all how best to serve you guys so let me know i'd love to hear from you